The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Madlanta. We appreciate you guys making us your weekly destination to catch up with some of our favorite uh, Atlanta and Georgia guests, uh, both past and present. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. All right, before we uh, play Ryan Cameron, this is your life. First of all, update us. How are you doing health-wise? I'm good, man. Um, you know, they always say the, the recovery's, um, you know, longer than the event. And uh, for me, you know, it's been exactly, you know, the, the same amount of uh, – you know, attitude that I had before um, getting sepsis to this recovery at this point of just, you know, following up on everything and, and just making sure we're in order because, you know, it's one of those things where if you don't know about sepsis, uh, you probably don't know you have it. And and so I've kind of gotten on the forefront of trying to just, you know, have people be aware of what's going on. And, you know, you kind of saw what happened with Larry King. He survived COVID but did not survive the sepsis. So, you know, that's right there on the forefront of the uh, the pages of, of our life, man. It's just that, you know, when you start to, and it's an infection that takes over, you know, you go from sepsis, which is a blood infection usually happening in the hospital, to something that takes over your whole body and starts to attack your organs, which is kind of what happened to me. So this might be a dumb question, but I'm good at asking those. How scared were you? Um, I, I think, I can't say I was scared because, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so, you know, when I presented to St. Joseph's Hospital, I was already in septic shock. I just knew that something was wrong. And, you know, and, of course, this is like, you know, April, Easter weekend. So I was thinking, you know, have I got, you know, COVID because I was having shortness of breath and, and some other things. I think it was just one of those things that you have to say to yourself, okay, you can't continue to think that, this is just going to not, you know, uh, that's going to go away. And once I went into the hospital, the last thing I remember was being in the, uh, in one of those rooms with all the lights and all the people surrounding me, you know, and I was like, well, this is a lot. <laughs> like, oh. There's 10 people in here. Well, this is a lot. This doesn't seem like it's a cold. Uh, and basically the next thing I remember is, you know, coming out of, uh, you know, a coma basically like three or four days later that's unbelievable um wow um so today though i mean healthy and feel great though yeah i mean you know turn off come on once you turn 10 you're never 100 <laughs> so when everybody goes are oh, you back to 100 percent? i'm like once a guy turns 10 that's the last time he feels 100 percent. that's a fair point you, yeah. you either broken an ankle or, or put something or Fell off a, a water slide, you know, so <laughs> never 100%. But, you know, yeah, give me a good 90, 97.5. All right, I like it. Uh, all right, so let's go back. Um, as a 10- or 12-year-old, did you know radio was in your future? When did you find out you had a love for it? Oh, that was – got to go back further than that. Basically, 
I mean, I had a speech impediment uh, and went to Collier Heights Elementary School. And basically they came and picked like eight or 10 of us to go be a part of this program, which is basically what Hooked on Phonics was. You know, they, they had us reading sentences and, and, and stuff and then like put us in this program. And then six weeks later, they said, okay, they played on Clark Atlanta University Radio, WCLK, um, how we found it before and how we found it after. And I remember sitting in my grandfather's uh, living room. He was very successful as a, uh, you know, he had a janitorial service after he came out of the Army. And basically, you know, so he had everything. You know, my grandfather was, was balling, man. He had a motor home and a boat and, you know, water skiing like Mr. Macho. And so he had this this audio room with this long bar. Like if you were to chops, one of those kind of bars. And he's, you know, I'll put it on the headphone with a reel to reel and had the stereo playing. And uh, the first time I heard my voice on the radio through those headphones, I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I'm doing. Hmm. Um, talking to a lot of guys who do what we do, they all sort of tell the same tale. Were you a shy, a shy kid growing up? No, man. Were you? Yeah, it was to a degree. I, I, it got better as I got older, but I can distinctly remember being eight or ten or twelve. Don't I didn't want the teacher to call on me. I didn't want to, you know, be the kid in front of a big group doing stuff. It took a while for me to kind of get comfortable there. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, I was always, and, and I and I had to speak to. Uh, some students the other day at Washington High School via Zoom, and I was talking about, you know, my Ryan Cameron Foundation. The point of it is to reach the kid in the middle because everybody, you know, we remember the kid in school that always was on the front row and answered every question. You kind of hated that guy. Yep. And you, hated, you had the kid in the back who was his whole goal was to, to be a disruptor and, you know, to make a, a clown out of the whole class. And then you had the person in the middle, which was me, who was like, man, I have no idea what I want to do or what I'm going to be. I just need to be here. And that's kind of how it was. But for me, I mean, as an only child, and, and that's why I talked about this on my show the other day on Magic. I said, you know, for an only child, this, um, you know, with COVID, it, it's something that we're kind of used to being by ourselves anyway. <laughs> so, you know, for us, it's not, well, man, I really wish my, my siblings because there was no you know, there, there were no siblings. So it was more along the lines of me just saying, hey, you know, as a kid playing cards by myself, having imaginary friends. So I've been talking to myself just like radio. I mean, when we put stuff out there, because, I mean, you know, we're from one of those eras where people actually dial the phone. Oh, yeah. And now, you know, the only people we talk to, you know, is probably somebody that we really care, we really care about or it's somebody that, you know, because of some kind of trouble, you know, so – for me, it was always like, you know, I've always had this thing where I could just talk by myself and be by myself and, and kind of create these stories. So I guess it was a little different for me. So tell me about the first time you stepped foot in a radio station. What was it like? Um, I was um, working as the intern at um, B103. And basically, I was there every day as an intern for the music director, who was Kenny Diamond, uh, who unfortunately passed away last year. Um, and I had to open, you know, the, the new records. And this is when actually we had LPs and stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, I was just around every day. But I knew it was something I wanted to do every day. Even when I wasn't scheduled to be an intern, I was still up there. And mind you, I wasn't even in college. 
So <laughs> I don't know how I managed to finagle an internship out of not even being in college, but I did that for a year before I finally, you know, uh, got a shot. And and basically my career has been, you know, some people say it's based on luck. Mine has been based on the person in front of me, like, screwing it up and me being available. It's not a bad place to be, though, right? Um... No. I mean, it's been, a, you know, I've, I've, I'm about to put the third kids into college, you know, and uh, – <laughs> I'm able to get the the big box of frosted flakes sometimes from uh, you know Costco, so I'm not mad. <laughs> yeah, what else do you need? So I, I've talked about interning too because I did the same, and and I think there is something very like relatable and just whatever you're in the field, like having to start there to get where you are today, Ryan. And and I've had a lot of other guys on who who have done radio who kind of share the same thought with me now that if you talk to a 21 or 22 year old today. One of the first questions I'll ask is, how much do I make? And my answer right. is, nothing for a while. That's just how it's going to be. Well, mine was totally different. And, you know, can I just say this? I am so glad to do an interview where I don't have to ask the questions. So kudos to you because <laughs> I always learn, and you're from the old school like me, the question cannot be longer than the answer. Right. So you're, you're doing a great job of that. So you should you have a career in this, man. You should keep it up. I'm going to try um, my thing about the internship was I worked for a year and I got paid basically out of the prize closet. <laughs> so I'm living, you know, and if anybody in Atlanta, if you remember how where Dubin's is at 777 Ponce de Leon, mm-hmm. there was a place called Sensational Subs across the street. Behind Sensational Subs was uh, there's still a set of apartments that are there right now uh, that were basically like efficiencies. I call them efficiencies because they were small enough they didn't they couldn't even put the E in there. So it wasn't even an E efficiency. So I had a you know my my, my, my college roommate built a loft so I made basically a, a, a half a bedroom out of this place. But I was living there and the only any money at all. I don't I when I look back at it, I don't even know how I survived. But I remember trying to trying to, you know, date this girl that lived in the uh, the same group of apartments. And I couldn't – I didn't have any money, so I just put a note on the car, and then I left like a, a, a two-liter bottle of Pepsi and a box of, and a box of Doritos on a, on a front. And I was like, hey, I don't have any money, but I'm interested in you. And it, it worked out. Follow the podcast, Park, on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Park. I want to talk about one of our great sponsors at the Rhodes Group. Yes, my buddy Clayton Rhodes and the Rhodes Group are a proud sponsor of us here at Welcome to Atlanta, and they're also my insurance company. Uh, it was about, I don't know, four or five months ago now that I finally realized why am I paying so much for my home and car insurance? I don't think we realize as the consumer we should be shopping or having somebody in a professional setting shop those rates for us. So I had the professionals at the Rhodes Group shop my rates and they ended up saving me a boatload of money. I'm talking about $2,000 for my home and car insurance. By now, you guys know it's a great time to refinance your home. You see all those rates? Well, you might not know it's also a great time to shop your home insurance. Home insurance rates creep up every year, and the only way to get the best policy and the best rate is to work with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group. Here's the deal. You can get up to 10 insurance quotes in 10 minutes from the Rhodes Group at no cost to you. You want to visit them online, i got a special landing page for you. You can go to roads-group.com slash churnoff. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S. Roads, 
dashgroup.com slash churnoff. You can also see the link up at Real Matlana on Twitter. They're my insurance company. They're going to do this at no cost to you, and you're going to end up saving a boatload. The Rhodes Group is the answer to saving money and getting the best in insurance coverage. Again, the Rhodes Group is the place you want to go. Tell them Matt sent you. Go to roads-group.com slash churnoff. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps Five dollar minimum balance required. <laughs> they live romance isn't dead, but I mean, hey, like, man. so the think back now though, like, how much fun was that? It's different, but how much fun was that that lifetime where you're like, I got stuff out of the prize closet. You don't, you don't even know how you made it. But tell me, that wasn't as fun as any time you've had in this business. Oh man, I, I think once you start, and I was telling my son this the other day, and I, I said this on my show. I was like, you all, you guys don't understand how if you like us depends on whether or not we get a paycheck or not. And if you don't like us, we could get, you know, canned. So it's very much a monthly popularity contest, which can be straining and draining at sometimes where you're trying to figure out, how do I make these people like me enough so that the people who employ me are going to keep me? And that's hard for a person. It's not like, you know, a football player has a whole entire season to get it right. You know, a basketball player has a whole entire season to get it right. We have uh, three months. How? Uh, oh, before I want to ask you about the ratings. Before I do that, though, uh, what was your first? Give me the first big break where you got on the air. Um, there was a guy by the name of Doctor Dave all over your radio. Uh, I'll never forget. And Doritos goes public. This is when Jay Leno was still doing the Tonight Show. He had a, a, a campaign with Frito Lay, and Dorito goes public had a six-week campaign where you went out every day and gave out prizes. So Dr. Dave had a problem with uh, substance, and but he passed that problem on to the radio station and started telling people he could get them Jordans for $50. And so everybody bought into it. You know, he had maybe, you know, seven or eight, 900 bucks that just disappeared along with Dr. Dave. So when he finally stood up, they fired him. Well, it was the day before the Doritos Goes Public campaign, and who was sitting there in the lobby opening records? Your guy, Ryan Cameron. And for the six weeks, I turned into Dorito Man Ryan Cameron, where I was out every day, seven days a week, which is even more than the person on regular shift, for one hour a day. And I had the best job ever because I did a call-in, generally prizes, and people would come, and then I do a call-in saying who won. But this is every day for six weeks. I don't think there's ever been a campaign like that since. But prizes were everything from mountain bikes to, I mean, it was, it was incredible. And so for those six weeks, I was Dorito Man Ryan Cameron, and I remember going back to the Blockbuster video where I quit, 
because I was a third key manager because I didn't have a college degree, which means I had to work all the hours without the pay. I was making $12,500 a year. And when I left to go get the internship after Mike Roberts and Carol Blackman discovered me doing a talent competition, uh, I remember the manager saying, you're going to do what? I said, I'm going to go try to be on the radio. He said, man, you're making 12 five. He said, dude, in three years, you'll be making 15. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, goodbye. And one of the, I mean, my, you know, my 360 degree moment, my trip around the sun moment was when I had to go out there as the Dorito man, Ryan Cameron, to that same blockbuster video with the promotions truck and a T-shirt on and walk into that same store. And I'll never forget, it was the hunt for Red October. And I went in, and I had to do the promotion, and the guy was still there. And I remember him saying, like, we've all seen people who have uh, memory lapses. Man, I knew you were going to make it. Oh, yeah. I remember, I'm the one who told you to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's man, funny how that week. works. As a Dorito man, that 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 was the break. That's hysterical. Um, so my memory's not great on this stuff. You lived it, so you'll be better. So my memory tells me you're at V, and then Hot comes in, Hot ninety seven at the time, and an opportunity pops there. Is that right? Is that where you get the first full time morning gig? No, that's absolutely wrong. Turn off. That was I even close. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at V. Uh, I'm doing nights. 6 to 10, or 6 to 9 at that time. And my contract is up. And Alfred Liggins sends me a message on two-way, believe it or not. Uh. You may have to explain to your audience what two-way is, you know, <laughs> for, the, for the younger folks. But he's like, hey, this is Alfred Liggins, and I own a station in Washington, D.C. called WKYS. Okay. I'm interested in, you know, having you on as a morning host. And I was like, who is this guy? This guy's crazy. So I didn't respond. And then he called me like a day later. And I had a choice of either being the night guy at B, continuing on, which, believe it or not, the guy who replaced me, Greg Street, is still there. Yep. And then, or Columbia Records wanted me to be their mix show coordinator where I would go into clubs and, and, and you know, play records for the DJs. I'm glad I didn't do that because that was, that was torture for those people. And then the other option was to work at WKYS uh, and during the mornings. And I remember, you know, coming – face to face with Rick Mack, the general manager at that point. And uh, it was one of those things where it's almost like you're worried about incentives. And I had this pen, Waterman. I still have it now because I kept losing it. It had a gold top and a, a, a very crystal blue bottom. And I said, I want to use this pen when I sign my contract. And Alfred was like, okay, I'll buy you the freaking pen. How much is it? 600 bucks. Oh, all right, fine. So I said, Rick, Rick Mack, I said, Hey, I want to use this pen when I have my contract. And, you know, he's like, what kind of pen? I said, it's a water pen, you know. I want to, you know, and he said, how much is it? He said, 600 bucks. Uh, and I said, uh, yeah, 600 bucks. And he said, I'm not buying you no the pen. <laughs> and I said, okay. And the reason I left D was because of $600 and a yeah. waterman pen. That's crazy. I love I, it. When you look back at it, like, who who is dumb, me or, or them? <laughs> you know, so. I go to Washington, D.C. In, in 95 doing mornings where we had no program director but all jobs. So imagine being in a situation like that where you don't have anyone to answer to, and it's just like a, a free-for-all radio station. But it's in whatever market it was. I mean, I remember going into WKYS and Willard Scott being out on the lawn doing the Smucker's birthday because we were on Connecticut Avenue, which is exactly where the NBC studios. So we shared NBC studios with them after they bought the radio station. So I was there for – 
almost a year when the Olympics came, and then he said, hey, we're opening the station up in Atlanta, and that they came on in July of 95. He said, do you want to come back here and do morning? And I was like, yeah, and, and the rest is history. Did you like living in Washington? I loved living in Washington. You know, as a matter of fact, it was the only place I'd ever been where at 5 o'clock on a Friday was a genuine happy hour, where there was a place called Z Alley. Um, and, and basically it was two clubs in an alley of somewhere down in Washington, D.C., where at 5 o'clock it would be packed like it was Thursday night in Buckhead in Atlanta. But it was 5 o'clock. And I remember being there and just being amazed that women actually asked people to dance. And I was like, what, you mean? You, you want to dance with me? He's like, yeah, what's wrong? But I also remember one of the worst parts about it, because being from the South, and it's funny that I didn't, I didn't really learn about, you know, anything really racist as far as, like, transportation, because we didn't, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of taxes in Atlanta, but I stayed at the, uh, I was staying, they had me at the um, Holiday Inn Sunsbury, I believe, in, in Georgetown. So I had to leave and get to the radio station by 5. So, I, you know, I didn't have a car uh, at that point, but I had to take a taxi. And it, that's the reason I got my car up to D.C. Um, 4 o'clock in the morning and just watching taxi after taxi pass me by because I was a black man on the corner at 4 a.m. And finally, uh, a policeman came over and said, what, what's going on? I said, I'm trying to get a taxi to get to work, but everybody keeps passing me by. He actually had to go and blue light a taxi and make them take me to work. Mm. That yeah. that was real. Yeah, that's the eye-opener right there. Um, so wait, when you come back now to go to HOT, like take me through the emotions of that because there you were on one of the biggest sticks, not only in the city, but one of the like most, I mean, that's a heritage station, V103. Yeah. So to come back to HOT, tell me your emotions of, of knowing you're going to go head-to-head at that time. Is it still Mike and Carol at that time? Uh, I was. Yeah, I mean, I think it was emotional because it was more of a homecoming, you know, and and we made so much noise so quickly because, remember, back then, you know, hip-hop music was only day-parted. You only played it after 6 o'clock. I mean, and that's when I was on. So to come back and be playing it in the, in the morning and to be such a force, it was kind of eye-opening. I mean, you know, at the end of this month, I'm going into uh, – the Black Radio Hall of Fame under the hip-hop category, which to me is like, it speaks volumes because, you know, going into George Radio Hall of Fame just as a general, you know, DJ or whatever was, was awesome. But to go into this, meaning that they, you know, they recognize what we did, it, it's amazing. So for, to go, I mean, in the formatic of whatever the old political regime was, was like, we're not going to play this rap music. It's a fad, blah, 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 blah. To coming back to like, yeah, you could hear you know, notorious B.I.G. Or, or Tupac at six o'clock in the morning and, and still go to work was uh, it was it was earth earth shattering for for the city and, and for, you know, for the uh, format. Well, and the way the way I remember it was, I mean, maybe it was just internally or on purpose. It felt like hot was pitching itself as we are the young uh, version of, of what V103 did at one point, And they're getting old and stale. And I know that's what radio tries to do. Is that how it was sold internally? No, I think it was more along the lines of we're not doing that. And 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 V to this day still wants to be number one six years old to sixty four years old. And I remember having a conversation with a a very well known CEO in the city and he was like, you know, 
you, it's hard to, to make that model stand because that's like saying if you have a room full of stuff and you let a six-year-old go in there and a 64-year-old go in there, they're both going to pick up the same items. And that, that's impossible to believe. And I think that HOT was very much targeted towards the 18 to 34s uh, who were trendsetters and, and young and hip and, and didn't want to listen to their mama's music. That's where the money is, too, in that demo that we know. So how much are you uh, paying attention to ratings weekly, monthly, quarterly? What are you doing as far as investment there? Um, for me, I, I mean, I look at things, but I, I, I surround myself. I have a focus group pretty much of, you know, I, I look at social media, right, uh, for what it's worth. I kind of play with the Internet for a living, right? So Facebook is is people who just want to talk. You know, they'll post and and repost. If you if you post something really positive, you may get one share. But if you post something where a man is, you know, uh, rollerblading down a highway with a panda hat on naked, you'll get, you know, 175 shares. <laughs> Twitter is just like the, the, the culture of, you know, uh, I just want to chime in and say this. And we've seen so many people get killed by tweets. Um, you know, I think that uh, for me, my app, which has like 240,000 downloads, just Ryan Cameron on, on iOS or whatever. That is where I can put people and put questions and, and kind of gauge what people are thinking. And I kind of use that to try to do my own analytics of what I think people want to hear. I, I know for a fact that my audience, they're, they're not one of those that, because there's so many, majority, so many women, you know, they don't want to talk about, stuff like relationships, but I do want to talk about stuff about family and, and things of that nature. So I make sure that I don't do a whole bunch of trash stuff. Like when I see stuff that happens in, in other genres, I was like, well, I don't have to talk about that. I don't have to talk about that. Good thing I don't have to talk about that. You know, because it's very, very oriented towards a certain type of audience. So when that works, it's good. When it doesn't work, we try to go back and fine tune it, but we don't try to, you know, we're not trying to boil the ocean here. Follow the podcast, Mark, on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Park. I want to talk about one of our great sponsors at The Rhodes Group. Yes, my buddy Clayton Rhodes and The Rhodes Group are a proud sponsor of us here at Welcome to Atlanta, and they're also my insurance company. Uh, it was about, I don't know, four or five months ago now that I finally realized why am I paying so much for my home and car insurance? I don't think we realize as the consumer we should be shopping or having somebody in a professional setting shop those rates for us. So I had the professionals at the Rhodes Group shop my rates and they ended up saving me a boatload of money. I'm talking about $2,000 for my home and car insurance. By now you guys know it's a great time to refinance your home. You see all those rates. Well, you might not know it's also a great time to shop your home insurance. Home insurance rates creep up every year, and the only way to get the best policy and the best rate is to work with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group. Here's the deal. You can get up to 10 insurance quotes in 10 minutes from the Rhodes Group at no cost to you. You want to visit them online, i got a special landing page for you. You can go to roads-group.com slash churnoff. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S. roads-group.com slash churnoff. You can also see the link up at Real Matlana on Twitter. They're my insurance company. They're going to do this at no cost to you, and you're going to end up saving a boatload. The Rhodes Group is the answer to saving money and getting the best in insurance coverage. 
Again, the Rhodes Group is the place you want to go. Tell them Matt sent you. Go to Rhodes-Group.com slash turnoff. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. So uh, I'm going to take you, th- I want to go through the journey here for a second, just so I have the timeline right. From hot, do you go back to V? And what was the, like, what was that, um, that timeline like? I'm trying to figure out, you know, because we're all about, you know, it's, it's feeding our family and it's money and it's, you know, the best setup for us. But what was your, um, what was your timeline there? Well, I mean, the, the hot separation was not planned. It was a, a game of chicken between uh, the GM at that time, Mary Catherine Sneed, and uh, my late agent, Norm Shrutt, may he also rest in peace, where it was like there was an offer on the table, uh, and we just said, okay, until we figure this out, you'll just take a vacation. And I was on vacation with my family in Florida, and I remember uh, one of the producers from Channel 5 calling me and saying, hey, so what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. You know, I'm just going to sit down here and walk down the beach or whatever. But they took that and they made it into a story. <laughs> and right. So this is back then when radio was king. I mean, and I was like on the news. Like, it was like, you know, Atlanta natives, blah, 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 Ryan Cameron saying he's not going to, he's just going to walk down the beach. And, and whatever it was, it just rubbed her the wrong way. And she withdrew the offer. And my agent, you know, said, well, what do you want us to, what do you, what are you got to do? And, and my ex-wife, who was my, my wife at the time, was like, you know, just, he needs to get a job somewhere. <laughs> and that's when the opportunity for V came along. And it was just totally, you know, a, a different type of stratosphere as far as everything goes. And I never even got the chance. To, it wasn't even a goodbye at high. I just never came back. As a matter of fact, there's a, a picture uh, behind the receptionist desk that I was telling the receptionist before COVID, I was like, it's the picture that Prince used for an, uh, an album cover. And I said, you know, that's my picture, right? She's like, that's not your picture. That picture was here when we moved in and blah, 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 blah. I said, no, I actually had that commission because it was in a gold, like, you know, flame of flowers and stuff. She said, I said, uh, I said, yes, it is. She said, no, it's not. I said, look at the bottom. What's it saying? Right in the bottom of the corner, it's a logo, and it says Ryan Cameron Morning Show. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I never got a chance to leave. I was just gone. So that whole thing um, was really interesting because, you know, people always say you, you never had a job in radio until you got fired. But I have always seen the writing on the wall and positioned myself where, you know, eh. And so I've never had to have that we're going into another direction meeting. Thank God. But I'm sure, you know, for a lot of people, they've always said that's when you really know. But for me, I kind of know before it gets to that point. I'm yeah. never one of those people that's saying, 
I was caught off guard. I was blindsided because I'm usually out before that happens. I uh, Well, it's funny. I experienced kind of both where you kind of see the writing and then you do have the we're going in a different direction thing. It still doesn't like in your mind. It's all racing of when somebody says we're going in a different direction, you look back and say, I'll go that direction. If you want, <laughs> I can pivot right. and go. Um, all right. Let me ask you. Um, about that time when you're in Atlanta, you're doing mornings. I've had a bunch of the different folks through the years who did, whether it was 99X in the morning with the Morning X and Larry and Eric with the regular guys and, and then Bert and, and Country. Like, how much are you paying attention to the landscape of what's going on? Well, it's it's a different audience. You're still trying to consume people from all, you know, potential radios that are going on. So how much are you paying attention to what's going on around the radio market? Uh, like, and give me an example. Just back in the day when you're, from the, from the time you're doing Mornings at Hot or doing V and you're just seeing what's happening around you in the city, whether it's 99X in the morning, 96 Rock, V103, eventually Q100, like how much do you pay attention to the market? Do you keep up with anything going on in radio around you back through the days? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, we knew who everybody was. And if you remember back then, that's when we had it. Remember we had the Air Awards? Yep. And it was like, Every station just took pot shots at other stations. I mean, we were very – I remember there was one time I went to this event, and uh, Steve uh, McCoy was there, and whatever it was. And I remember him saying something. It's one of those things that you always remember. You were like, is this shade or what? We went <laughs> to the event. We were all behind, outside this pool, and and uh, it was some kind of – I forgot what it was, but we were there together. And he came up to me, and I was like, what's up, Steve? And he was like, what are you doing outside the perimeter? <laughs> right? Oh, and it was one of those God. moments where I was like, you know, I really should push him in this pool right now. <laughs> I mean, I actually thought about it for all of three seconds. I was like, nah, it's not going to come across right, me pushing him into this pool. But it was one of those things where it was so competitive that any time that you had a chance – to kind of one-up the other person, you, you did that. I mean, even, you know, on the radio with all the different things that changed, you know, we watched it. It was always a big news thing because the peach buzz and, you know, the, the radio buzz things, any of those things were now it's kind of just like clickbait. Uh, then it really mattered if you were in the peach buzz or if you were in the radio column because everybody read those things. That it wasn't like how it is now where, you know, you kind of go for that thing as an afterthought. So we, we were very in tune with what was going on. No, I agree with you. That was, yeah, that was a very big deal at the time. Now, you can't listen to other morning shows at the time. Do you have anybody telling you 99X is talking about you or, or one of the sports oh, yeah. stations is bringing you up? How does that go? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, bad news travels fast. So if there's anything that somebody's going to say that's kind of salty or sideways, somebody's going to call and tell. And I'm always one of those people that says, I always check the, the reporter as opposed to the source. So I'm like, you know. So, you know, I was listening to this station, and they said this, and I said, so what did you do? Well, you know, I, I just listened, and, and then I got really mad, and then I called you, and I said, why don't you call them and, and tell them all? Well, you know, I just wanted you to know. Like, <laughs> I don't, you know, if my day is going fine until you decide to call and share bad news. So, you know, I, I took it with a grain of salt, but I, I never went back and forth. It was kind of subliminal at times. And then, um, you know, I remember, uh, <laughs> this is funny, where uh, I did a story once about a television host. And it was, he was in a peach buzz. And I said, you know, uh, this guy's still living with his mom. I don't understand what the big deal is about. And so after the show, you know, my producer, Hollywood, said, you know, hey, 
there's a call for you on line one. And I said, they called me on line one. He said, yeah. I said, who is it? He said, it's that television host. And this guy, it was national. And I was like, I, I'm not taking that call. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those things where you pop off and then you have no idea how far the reach is because somebody's going to call and tell it. And then you have to kind of answer to it. So, I mean, when people called and said things about what somebody was saying about me, I mean, we, we might react. We might do a uh, parody about it. But there was no face-to-face compared totally to D.C. where it was, you know, basically, you know, sharks versus jets. I mean, it was very adversarial where people were, you know, letting the air out of the promo vehicles, tires of the other station. And, you know, uh, if you had on a, a, a PGC shirt, I wanted you to wear my KYS shirt, um, then you, you'd switch. And then we'd set the, the, the PGC shirt on fire right there in front of everybody. It was, it was bad. Compared to Atlanta, it was, Atlanta was, was like creme brulee compared to D.C. That's hysterical. I love that. All right, before we wrap up, how did the Hawks' opportunity come come about? And same thing with the Falcons. Uh, I'll go to the newest one first. Falcons basically um, when I, and Pete Soto, who went on to another team, when he kind of recruited me, he showed me this like a spreadsheet or a PowerPoint, and it had my picture on the cover. And and I was like, "What? What is this?" He said, "Well, we were told to go out and get a guy like Ryan Cameron." He said, "We interviewed all these people." And, you know, we wanted to find somebody like you. Now, and then he said, then one day, Rich McKay said, well, why don't you just go get Ryan Cameron? <laughs> and they came to me with the opportunity. And the first thing I did was, was go to Steve Coonan and say, hey, here's, here's what they want me to do. What do you think? And, you know, he said, well, we, we, you know, make sure that we never have a cross-pollinating schedule. So that, that's not going to be an issue because, you know, it's all love. So if you want to do it, then go ahead. And I was like, okay. And that's kind of how that happened. Uh, so I took that gig, and this will be year four. The Hawks gig was totally separate. I mean, totally different kind of way. Again, it was, again, the guy messing up and me being there at the right time. So for the Hawks gig, it was um, the NBA does a grading sheet where they come in and they talk about everybody from the mascot to the cheerleaders to the on-air, um, the PA guy to, uh, you know, the people in the stands, which at that time, this is when Lenny Wilkins was a coach. I was the guy in the stands with, hey, who wants to win a T-shirt? You know, do this and win all the trivia. And the, 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 the survey came back and got high marks for everybody. And then the NBA person said, when they said PA announcer, they said zero what PA announcer. And from that point on, you know, they were asking for people to like take the job or audition for it. So I remember saying, well, you guys want me to send in a tape? And they were like, no, we've had too many tapes. So we're playing Orlando in Orlando and we need you to audition. It was a preseason game. We need you to audition there. So my audition was a real game. (laughs) I mean, come on, man. How many ways could you screw that up? And, you know, for the basketball, you got to know what's going on with the live action, what the reads are. is averaging 90-something reads a game, plus, you know, who's got the foul, how many personals is it, how many team fouls in it, who's in the bonus, is that a three, all those things are going on in my audition. And basically, I, I did good enough to get the gig. And here we are, what, season 18, I believe it is. So, you know, again, 
all coming about when somebody else is, you know, not really doing their job. Well, you'll be thrilled to know I have three kids and two of them run around the house yelling for three constantly. Uh, as so. they should. Yeah, yeah, thanks. That's <laughs> just what I need to hear at, at, at 8.30 on a Sunday morning when they're playing basketball in somebody's room is for three. It's just it's hysterical. Well, that, it's funny because it was some uh, columnist who was like, she put me in something, and again, somebody sent this to me, and she was covering Boston or covering somebody in some in, in our arena, and she said, uh, yeah, and it's blah, 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 you know, except for hearing that annoying PA announcer go for a three, and then somebody <laughs> sent it to me. So I, I said, hey, you know, and I was feeling, you know, uh, Petty LaBelle at that time. I said, hey, next time at me if you're going to, you know, talk trash about me. And and she just went into a panic mode and was like, "Hey, I talked to my editor and like she thought I was trying to go back and forth." And I was like, "No, just you know." She said, "No, I have respect for you, but it was like a totally different thing. Like sometimes people will type stuff and say things. You know, we you know we call it keyboard courage." And I was like, "Hey, if, if you think I'm annoying, just say I'm annoying. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't say it." And then because you know, she had my name in the article, but she didn't you know. And so somebody sent me the link, and I was like, "Hey, you know." She so I mean. You know, we settled it all, and I think, you know, she just – they let her know that people are always reading something, and they will ask oh, yeah. people. They will tell them. Yeah. They'll say it. When uh, somebody says uh, legendary morning show voice Ryan Cameron now, who's been listening to you for a quarter century, how do you respond to that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we've just seen what goat life is like, for real, for real. I mean, if you can pull it off on a different team, then I think you you got to respect that. I mean, for me to go from what is this mornings, afternoons, evenings, and and be successful and and have the top rated show in all of those markets, I have no complaints. I don't know about legendary, but I, as long as I'm respected for what I've been able to give to the game, then I'm happy with that. I'm very happy with you know things that have happened in the city uh, on on my watch, whatever that day part is, and. Uh, I respect that, and I hopefully get the respect of uh, my peers like yourself and, and others in the game. Uh, I'll ask you the question that Tom Brady then has to answer. How much longer do you want to do this? Man, you know, for, for people like – see, it's different for depending on, on, on the genre, right? So I couldn't – you know, I, I remember my ex-wife saying when, when I went from V – I mean, from hot to, to V – She's like, well, you're 35, and the demo is 18 to 34. You're going to have to try to play younger. And it was I mean, one of the good points that she told me. She said, you go to V. You got, you know, it's 25, 54. You got a long way to play. And, and that kind of happened. And then now with, with older stations that you can have, you can still, you know, make a good living because at this point, you have an audience that's grown up with you, but then they also have kids who've grown up with you. And then you also have people that are kind of looking for content that they find interesting as opposed to just people just giving you the same thing on the radio. So, I mean, as long as they'll have me, man, I'm going to keep doing it. Now, the only reason, part of the reason I asked is, I mean, that morning show life is exhausting. Like, we joke about it. I, I only did it for six months. I can't imagine doing it for six years or 16 or 26 years. How, how are you, like, able to keep your head, uh, you know, awake for 12, 13 hours a day. Well, come on. See, you, you know I'm happy news now, Trina. No, I know, but I'm saying for that many years to have done it. I mean, for, for me, it was 
took me two years to not wake up at three thirty, bro. Oh, two no, years to not wake up at three thirty because your clock is set to get up. Yep. I was going to the to the gym at four, you know, a.m. and then going to the station. I mean, and going back to the original way we started this whole interview, I believe for a fact if I hadn't been working out even after I stopped doing mornings and, and wasn't in really great condition then who knows how it would have turned out. So I didn't I didn't just become like, you know, sedentary and, and not doing anything. But for me, it was like I couldn't I – t- I mean, it's just – I've just been able to start sleeping in. And for me, sleeping in is seven. Well, it's everything. <laughs> no, I mean, afternoon drive is the – I mean, it's – it's yeah, it's some normalcy there that, that a morning show host – I mean, I asked the same thing to Bert and to anybody. Like, I don't know how you guys did that. Every single day, but you know, it's your job. I mean, you're seeing those big fat ratings bonuses. I bet that uh, probably eases some of the sleepiness, I would imagine. Yeah, but then it's not really a weekend because you're not really sleeping in on Saturday. No. That's totally different than it is for everybody else. Like right now, if you're doing morning, and I, and I just happened to skip around the dial because I had an appointment. I was up early, and I skipped around the dial. I went from sports talk to I went to, you know, mainstream. I went urban. And I was like, man, this field is crowded, man. <laughs> and I was like, I'm glad I don't have to be, you know, being here with all these different fish because it's a it's a lot of stuff going on. And I, I have at it. No yeah. thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, if one of your kids comes to you and says, I want to do radio, what would your response be? Uh, well, first of all, you know, my, my kids have, I only have baby pictures of them out now. Um <laughs> Because they go, why did you? Why don't only you only got baby pictures of us? And I said, because this is when y'all listen to me. Yeah, you know, this, is when, this is when I was not, you know, the uncool dad. You know, <laughs> so I got three different kids now. I got my 19 year old who will be 20 in uh, November, who is in love with love. You know, she's she's at the game the other day. She had some seats and she's in love with love. So you know, I love love because she got a boyfriend. So <laughs> love, everything is love, no matter what it is, no matter how bad it is, it's love. Then I have my oldest kid, who's 22 now, who always wants to remind me and her mother, you know I'm grown, right? Oh, okay, well, that's great. You're grown. So quit using my Amex card for Uber Eats. Go to the grocery <laughs> store. Why have to shop for a change? And then my youngest, I call him, uh, in, the, in the image of Master P, I call him my no-limit soldier because he always says he told me something. Or he told his mother something. So like, Caden, you got a game on Thursday? Uh, I thought I told you. Oh, no limit soldier. Caden, are you going to school? Are you doing face-to-face learning or doing virtual? Oh, we're doing virtual this week. The other day, like, he gets up every day, and I hear him stirring around at 7.30. And I don't hear anything at 7.30, 8.30, 9 o'clock. I'm like, oh, my God, man, is this kid alive? So I go in there, and he's all curled up. I'm like, dude, do you have school today? He says, oh, no, we're, we're out today, and we're out Monday. I thought I told you. <laughs> So I, I think they all have different career paths, but I don't think any of them have the, the discipline to do radio. Even though my oldest kid, um, she went to Middle Tennessee State University, and she got her degree in, uh, you know, in, in, in behavioral science for children. And she's now actually working at the Marcus Autism Center um, doing the exact same thing she went to college for. So shout out to Ryan Megan Cameron and Kai Abriel Cameron, and who's at Agnes Scott, and to Caden Cameron, who is uh, on the varsity at the Holy Innocence. So 
you know, they're all going on their own career paths, but I doubt it radio is one of them. I love it. Hey, Ryan, always uh, great to catch up. I will use the word legend. I mean, you are that in this, this city and uh, for what you've done mornings, afternoons for the Landscaper Radio. It's a pleasure catching up, my friend. Nothing but good health and success moving forward. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate the opportunity, man, and uh, thanks for, for reaching out. Guys, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Thanks to the great folks at the Rhodes Group. Remember, the Rhodes Group is where you want to go to have them shop your insurance rates, both car and home. They did it for me at no cost. They will do it for you at no cost, and they can save you a bundle of money. You have nothing to lose and only something to gain with the Rhodes Group. You can go to the Rhodes Group, uh, check out their great website. You can go to my Twitter page and find out the information there with a landing page right over to find out how they can get you 10 quotes as quickly as 10 minutes. Thanks to Brian Murphy for producing the podcast, and thanks to you guys for making us your weekly destination. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Madlanta. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit the streets, see gangsters roaming And parties don't stop till 8 in the morning Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit the streets, see gangsters roaming uh-huh. And parties don't stop yeah. till 8 in the morning The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.